The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Oh, what a show. Just on tape and full house, wise guy roundtable, Fez, the Vig, and Brad Powers. A lot of really deep level stuff, like two or three trends, meaningful stats you have not heard anywhere else. Also, about 15 minutes about teasers, how to bat them in the NFL playoffs, especially. And listen, it's NFL championship week. And if you've got that football knowledge, you can take it to the bank. So they like to say, bet DSI, 20 years online, reputation, great service, fast payment on your winnings. They got a deposit bonus. So right when you put a little bit of money in or a lot of money in, up to 2500 you get that bonus right away. It's almost like a free guaranteed winner. I guess if it's a guaranteed winner, it doesn't need to be free, but it's kind of like that. And to get all that, you've got to use the promo code. And it also helps us. And listen, don't do it for us. Do it for yourself. But realize it does help us, too, so you can feel good about that. That code, BELL101. So it's B-E-L-L-101, no space, BELL101. Go to BetDSI.com. Use that promo code, BELL101, and you get everything special that comes with that code and everything good about BetDSI to start with. On to a don't-miss show. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. NFL playoffs, conference finals round with a fully packed Wise Guy Roundtable. To my left, he's back. The VIG, but no one's paying him today. (laughs) To my right. Steve Fezzik, two-time Super Contest champion. Brad Powers in the house. I'm R.J. Bell. Guys, this is going to be a fun one. Two games. We're going to dig deep. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about this uh, sports betting national championship controversy. One of Maddie's real strong suits. He understands the industry outside of the day-to-day betting as well as anyone. And he's pretty good. At that day-to-day betting, let's find out how everyone's doing. Okay, Maddie, you got your, I guess, the season-to-date number. Uh, I'm up 520 on the year. Uh, everybody used to pay the VIG. Not so much anymore. <laughs> Steve Fazek. I won $150 last week with the winner. That brings my cumulative record to 20 and 30. I'm down $2,670. How'd you win $150? Against you, you played an alternative total. Oh. Except it wasn't 150. What are you talking about? I bet 100 to win, like whatever you gave me, 240 or whatever. Brad jumped on board for 50. Oh, okay. Okay. Brad, down 50. 
yeah, I, I guess I'm down. But uh, still up for the season, up $980 for the year. I'm RJ, still up for the season, 370 By the way, guys, we got to get some batting in because I finished. I don't want to make a big deal about this, but I, I just feel like full disclosure, I've got to say it, is the college football season when Maddie was gone, I struck. <laughs> I ended up the champion of college football. Victory! Is that is that accurate, bro? That is accurate. And I want to be a double champion. All right. So I'm up. Let's let's get the math straight here. Maddie Holt five twenty. I'm up three seventy. Brad's up nine eighty. So it's really just one bet between us, $600 swing. Oh, wow. If it's a $600 swing, you're still up 10 bucks. So we're going to have to do something extra uh-huh. special. Like give me, I think you're going to have to give me plus 110. on. Well, something. if it's a $600 <laughs> swing between the two of you, that means he would have gone down and you gone. Yeah. I'll go up three. He goes down three oh, yeah. and he'll still be up 10 bucks because he's 610 plus 105, baby. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I'm just saying my goal, we've got this week, we got the Super Bowl. My goal is to be the double champion. Well, you know how super hard it is to entice me into action. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. Showtime. Woo. All right, we got a lot of good feedback last week, driven by the fact we went so deep into the games. Well, half as many games, we get to go doubly deep. Saints, Rams. This number's three. Fez, you're pretty good at three, 3.1, 3.2. Looking at the screen right now, what would you say? And by the way, pregame.com, Game Center, we've got the fastest live odds out there and the only bet splits when it comes to cash that's free anywhere on the internet. What do you see this the odds band? New Orleans is minus three, minus 120. So no, we're bigger than that. There's more three and a half than threes. We're not talking about far off like the the book on the moon and <laughs> the, the Isle of Gibraltar, well, I, I, the Isle of Fezzamania. I used I used <laughs> that's my, his bedroom. I used minus three, minus one twenty because Pinnacle right now is minus three and a half plus one oh. Oh, don't get him mad about Pinnacle. Panther is minus three, minus one twenty, and South Point's minus three, lay a dollar ten. So South Point's flat. Yes. Ugh. I do like see a couple head of to the three and a half point. evens, like Westgate's three and a half even, Nuggets three and a half. So even, under your theory, Fez, it's three point seven five. It's halfway. Oh, I'm sorry, three point two five. Yeah, halfway between three and three and a half. Yes. All right. Now, if we bet this game, we'd have. Let's see here. Does anyone have a like on this game, Maddie? No, not the side, Fez. At three, I'll like the Saints. Yeah, at three, I'll like the Saints. So you're saying if you can get a line that's not out there. No, minus three, yeah. minus 120. I, I like pick them. I love the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> At three uh, and a half, what does everybody like? All right. Well, I like the Saints, too, so I don't think we're going to get a lot of action there. And it's kind of funny the way we should actually capture that drop is when Fez goes, I like the Saints. And without taking a breath, Brad goes, I like the Saints. <laughs> I lean with them at three and a half. You're going to give me three. I like them. All right, Fez. So let's start with our number one factor around the horn. You go first. Yeah, I th- I'm really worried about Goff. Uh, I think McVeigh is absolutely minimizing Goff's role. We saw that last week where they ran the ball 48 times. Now they were very successful doing that, but Goff only threw it 28 times. The last three times Goff has played a playoff team, zero touchdown passes, five interceptions, 
And since October 1st, this high-powered Rams offense with Goff, zero completion, zero of 50 yards or more. Uh, this is not the same offense we saw way back in September. You know, Fez, you might want to lead with the lead. When you say zero, zero completions of over 107 yards, it's like you got to say, how many completions do you think the Rams had over 50 yards and say none? But when you keep saying zero pound in your fist, I'm thinking it's like, what could this number be? Over 50. It's like, it's not that many over 50 in a season, is there? Oh, you should have several completions. Of yeah. Over so 50. if you should have several and you've had zero since October one, it's not that crazy. But it's crazy when you're perceived to be like one of the best offenses in the NFL. How many do the Saints have over 50 during that time? Well, what's interesting is that the Saints are also struggling. I, I don't know since October 1st, but I know the last eight weeks, Drew Brees has zero over 42 yards. <laughs> well, that's rational, 42. <laughs> that is the. So, since you're worried about Goff throwing the ball, and we saw that, that Brees is kind of a noodle arm right now. Do you want to, what would, you, what would you make the line on who will have the longest completion in the game, Goff or Breeze? I would make Breeze a small favorite, minus $1.25. Uh, I'll take uh, the other side, 05. I mean, that's minus 125, right? I get plus 05. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, this is a no vig zone, Vig. Oh, so I get plus 125. You get plus one fifteen. That's well, no, 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 you just said no one twenty five. That's what, the, book, that's what the bookmaker line would be. Minus one twenty five take back plus one oh five. You do realize he was soliciting you for a bet, right? And we're a no vig zone. Uh, I will this give Maddie the no vig line, which would be plus one fifteen. No, isn't the no vig line on a minus one twenty five plus one? Let's be honest to Feds. Most of the time he's asked for a line, he's asking for a line that might a bookmaker might have. So he's taking a dime off. All it's right, a, I'll get plus one fifteen. Two deal. to two thirty, good. Yeah. I, I don't think here we're supposed to snap our fingers and say deal. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Pinky swear. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think at the end of the day, both quarterbacks are going to try to do the same thing right here: work the running game, play action down the field. But as we saw in the first pass last week, where Drew Brees got intercepted, he can't throw the ball far enough. Even if his guy is open, I like my chances of maybe Goff completing the longer pass off the play action. I'm always a little worried when Maddie comes in with the, I wonder what the odds would be. <laughs> and my first thought is, is always, Big John, do you think this boy is a hustler? I don't know, Faz, you worried? No, I think where I'm going to win this is that the little dump off pass to Kamara might well go for 60 yards and I might get there versus the dump-off pass to C.J. Anderson or Gurley not being as effective in this game. So golf versus Breeze, let's look at this. We haven't talked home road. We did this on straight out of Vegas. Home quarterback passer rating, 116. Excellent. League average is 95 across the league. On the road, golf, 82. So way, way, way above average quarterback at home for golf. Way, way below at or Yeah. 13 points below average on the road. This game's on the road. So 
Maddie, you you took the golf side. Do you look at him as a below average quarterback in this spot? No, I, I think if you look at most quarterbacks in the NFL, the vast majority of them are going to be have lower uh, QBRs on. But them. is it going to be below if you're one of the final four? I mean, let's pull it up, Brad. Can you pull up what is the QBR on the road for Brady? For let's just go down the list because sure. you might be right. Because one thing we uncovered, and we'll talk about it next, is Brady's uh, quarterback rating without. Um, Gordon on the field was really bad. So, what you mentioned, noodle arm, Breeze. We've been debating how much of the drop off on the offense has been. They've been on the road a bunch. How much has been? There's something else wrong. It sounds like you think physically something's wrong. Physically, he doesn't appear to be able to throw the football downfield, and a lot of people have been speculating about it for months now, sort of like they did about Andrew Luck to start the season this year. And what we saw right away in this game, first play of the game on offense for the New Orleans Saints, is they do a max protection play action pass to Ted Ginn Jr., who gets behind the defensive back, and Drew Brees with nobody, you know, no pressure. This is a max protect. Nobody in his face, no pressure. Couldn't come close to getting the ball there. In fact, the defender had to turn around and dive to catch the football. It was so badly underthrown. He underthrew the defender who was three and a half yards behind trailing Ted Ginn. Yes. But you would think the Saints would have a pretty good idea of his arm strength, right? Why would they call that play if there was a real problem? I think this maybe, is in a dome too. No wind, no issues. I was thinking maybe a little smoke screen that he would just throw the bomb on the very first play and make, and that way you make your opponent think that you're capable if you of that able, the whole if, game. But if you, if you throw it, you are capable. <laughs> But he wasn't, and it got intercepted, and Philly scored twice unanswered, and they had to get back to dink and dunk and grind just to get back in it and win that football game. All right, so, Maddie, your number one factor in the game. My number one factor is this total is really high here, and I was on the Saints last 56 week. 56 and a half? 57's more now. It, and, and this is one where last week I was all over the over saying, look, if nothing else, you know, maybe I'm wrong about Drew Brees because at home they've continued to put up points, but they didn't last week. And I think a little bit of the Rams ability to run the football last week was an aberration. Their offense running offense, especially isn't nearly as good as it looked last week. I mean, they couldn't have dreamed of having so much success in the running game last week. And what we do know about the saints, the one strength they have on defense is they stop the run. So now all of a sudden I have a team that stuffs the run against the team whose passing offense hasn't been great since Cooper cup went out. And on the other side of the ball, this saints offense just isn't what it used to be. 75% of the passes thrown by drew Brees have to go to, to either Alvin Kamara or one wide receiver Michael Thomas they just aren't able to spread the feel around very much I actually think there's an opportunity just like last week in the dome where that thing never had a shot at sniffing the over maybe this number is still a smidge too high hmm Faz what's your thoughts on the total yeah I lean to the under as well we see a whole why don't you like it you know, I just, just have seen so many Saints games explode in that dome over the course of the year. And this being the year of the offense that maybe my eye test is fooling me here, where early in the year there were so many high-scoring games that it's hard for me with these you know, two teams that have had so many high-scoring games and I've watched and lost playing under to play this game under. So, Brad, we're looking for, and you've got it now, the quarterback passer rating 
on the road for the four quarterback. Yeah, Goff by far the worst. So Goff was 82. Brady would be next worst at 94. Breeze at 99. And how about Patrick Mahomes, 121 away from home. Better on the road Small than at home. Small size, eight games, lifetime. Well, yeah, but this is the NFL. The most <laughs> Mahomes you're only have on the home road is eight, right? Oh, those are all this year or those are all lifetime? No, this those year. are all this year. Oh, those are all this year. Yeah, but... Uh, you know, golf, it'd be interesting. You mind looking up golf? Well, Brad, let's start with you first. Your number one factor, then you can double back and see golf last year. Well, I mean, golf's might be even worse lifetime because his rookie year was so terrible. So if we, I, I think you're right. So let's just look at last year. Yeah. At least then we have 16 games sure. in theory. Yeah. Last year, uh, golf was actually better away from home. Uh, 110 rating, only 91 at home. Wow. Uh, that uh, does, that does make me not take that as seriously. Because, I mean, he's not the exact same. It's That's always the paradox in NFL. You have to either get away from it being as as quite as applicable or you have to deal with small sample. Brad, what's your number one factor in the game? Well, you know, going off of the total, I also w- would lean with the under, and it's about the Saints defense. You throw out the meaningless Week 17 game against Carolina. Last eight games, only eight games, Maddie. <laughs> Still, the defense for the Saints only allowing 14.5 points per game, major strides on that side of the ball. Okay. So and, and they shut down the Eagles last week after that first quarter. Give them credit. They went into shutdown mode. It's kind of funny. If the Saints had the offense that we expected them to this year and the defense they have now, Fez, this would be one of the best teams in the last decade. You could make the case for that, absolutely. Well, I mean, what it would be a top five offense, and, and what do we rank their defense right now, the Saints? For the season, DVOA had them number 11. I was going to say I think they've been 10. a lot better in the second yeah. half. Though. I agree. Yep. And their run defense is top five in the in the entire NFL. Yeah, I actually, and think about how hot Foles was. RJ, you, you championed this whole concept of his QBR in these must-win games, and you go back week after week, 50 being average. Foles has a 66, an 81, an 80, an 87. In the playoffs last year, 46 against Atlanta, but a 96 and an 85 well, only a 43 in this game against the Saints. And a 43 after starting the first quarter, six for six for like 97 yards and a touchdown. And the Saints rush D, they're giving up 3.6 yards per rush, number one yep. in the NFL. One key injury, though, one of the run stoppers, defensive tackle, Sheldon Rankins, is out, and that is a big blow. What's his name? Sheldon Rankins. There we go. Wait, you're right, RJ. Weighted defense DVOA that weights more to recent results. Number six for the Saints. Okay. Okay. So top six offense and a top five D. You don't see that. Or top five offense, top six D. You don't see that very often, Fast. You don't see. And you know what else makes me really like the under in this game as well? And I was going to so say we move into a lot bet. Or yeah, I'm a, I can be alike. I'm a, I mean, it's I'm up to you. To, I, in fact, we I don't, don't force, <laughs> we don't force people. I don't to like. Here. I don't like to lean. I like to like anyway. Well, here's so. what I'll say to you, Maddie, and you can decide. Do you like to gamble, Eddie? Yeah. Gamble money on pool games. <laughs> if you like to gamble, we're here. I, I do. So I do like. And the other thing I like is that a keep to lead will certainly be on Michael Thomas in this game because obviously that's the only wide receiver that Drew Brees throws the football to. And a keep lead, although not what he was two years ago is still a top 10 cover corner in the NFL. And he missed the first meeting where Thomas went off against yeah. the Rams. Thomas nearly had 200 receiving yards in that game. It'll be Tlaib on him uh, this week. What do we think about Gurley, Fez? Um, and by the way, you're going to do a one single best bat prop either on this game or the other game. Which game do you think you'll make it? 
this game. All right. Well, we got to play Blossom before we'll do that last. And and I think if I remember, because you gave something on Straight Out of Vegas, you were talking about the rushing. Let's hold the girly conversation. In fact, you know something? I don't like to tease, make Blossom a tease. Let's just do it. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Prop best bet. Prop best bet. C.J. Anderson, Rams backup running back. We're going to go over rush yards. I bet this today over 37 and a half. I think it's good all the way up to over 42 yards. What's happening here? Well, last week, C.J. Anderson got 23 carries. Gurley only got 16 carries. Now, Gurley looked really good. He looked explosive. Why is he only getting 16 carries? The only conclusion I can draw is that right now, McVay is scared to death that Gurley could get injured, that he's fragile, and he has to limit Gurley's carries because of that. Well, if he's limiting his carries to the point that Gurley got less than half the carries against the Cowboys, I have to forecast that at best this is going to be a split um, two-headed monster where C.J. Anderson and Gurley get the same number of carries. And now with the uh, defensive run stopper out for the Saints, a little more success for the Rams, and they had so much success running the ball last week, I think they will feature the running game again, C.J. Anderson, over 40 rush yards. Don't you think you have to correlate this into a parlay? And I'm not, uh, that's your best bet and you should stick with it. But to me, it feels like a correlated parlay. If you're going to bet CJ Anderson over 37 and a half, 40, whatever the, you know, the, the player can get at the time. I feel like you also have to bet Todd Gurley under 74 because if you expect Anderson to get as many carries, you also expect Gurley not to get a bunch. They'll let you parlay those? I, I, I think what you some said places might they won't, but but I think what they're saying, I think I, I, I they won't. Sounds like you tried. You, you would have never done it. <laughs> they you, won't let if Fez. you like one bet. I agree with Maddie though. That if you're going to bet CJ Anderson over and you think he's going to get a lot of carries, it is very logical to bet Gurley under because of that. Now, with all the white labels out there and all the different ways people bet, are we sure that 20% of our listeners couldn't get it? I bet there's some books I could walk into right now and bet a hundred dollar parlay. What's the bet? The bet is that he that Maddie will not be able to parlay these two running backs together at any book in Nevada. Well, first off, this guy's a tycoon. He's here with a, a bespoke jacket, <laughs> uh, one of those. Ble- he looks like Ray Donovan that hasn't lifted for two years, but still, Ray Donovan is. You guys would have to bet at least a thousand bucks to make it worth him taking the time. So I'd bet up to 500. I would ah. actually bet that I could go down to the book I just showed you where I found the numbers on and place a hundred dollar parlay. Cause we know they have these two props. I'll bet you 500. You can't. Well, we could have the video. I don't know go. That it's fair because I know the director now. Well, oh, you can't that, go out that, 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 Yeah. That's the dirtiest player in the game. <laughs> I wouldn't have I said that. Have I should have said that. Well, well, you freaking know Fez wouldn't have said <laughs> You know anything. No comment, Fred? Well, like he was going in for the mic and just stopped that. I'm thinking this is like our September, like, it's inside secret weather aspect <laughs> that I, I beat Maddie out of. I know, I'm still a little... But, but somehow you didn't tell him. He told you. Maybe that's why you're in the suit and Fez is drinking full sugar Mountain Dew from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the dirtiest player in the game. <laughs> All right. So Gurley, it doesn't make sense to me. If he looks 100%, why not run him? The, the games don't get much more 
uh, high stakes than this one. I'm thinking maybe he's got a little meniscus problem that he's one hit away from being out for the year. Now, you don't know for sure. You're just guessing. I'm just guessing. By the way, I'm trying to put in that, that <laughs> parlay right now. What would you do, RJ, if you knew your running back had this very strained lateral meniscus and you but, wanted to But here's the, the thing. Bowl? I don't remember exactly the ebb and flow, but the Rams were in the clear lead in that game. The whole, pretty much the whole game, right? Mm, no, they were up. They were they were up like eight points most of the game. Yeah. So what yeah. I'm saying is, it's kind of like, you know, like when Rocky. Remember Rocky two when he was fighting right handed. <laughs> you just put it in. No, it didn't work. Oh. That's right. Okay. <laughs> that was on the app, though. I mean, if I went down there, I might be able to. Yeah, flash. Uh, just he went. I'm custom made. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, imagine if Maddie went down there and tried to get it in, right? And they said no, and he responded verbatim with this. Now, I can't help it that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, Woo, can't dance all night long. I think they may say, okay, we'll take the hunter. <laughs> I literally just tried it for five bucks just to prove a point, and they wouldn't take five bucks. You, you know, a, a dirty little wise guy's secret is sometimes when you're trying to play a correlated parlay with two teams, what you do is you sneak in, you make it a three-team parlay. So what you do is you put in the middle, your second leg is something that has nothing to do with the other two bets that are extremely correlated. So that's the case too with the teasers, right? Where the two teamers with the advantage teaser and all that, uh, it, the price has gone up in a way where it's blocking some of the advantage teasers. Yeah. But my understanding is the three teamer price, and I'm not a three team teaser better really hasn't changed in the Agreed. last five. I would years. agree with that. You agree with FS? I do. So you can still get three teamers plus 180, which is darn good. But I also agree with that by adding that extra team, but if you can keep it open, it's probably okay. Can you keep it open? There's for not a week? one place in town that it's going to allow you to do open teaser. On yeah, those are all offshore. Hundred yeah. percent. There's but, not but one. But will the offshore books let you keep it open for the week? Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Most of our listeners are betting offshore. Right? Yeah, I don't. I, but I don't. Even you don't know anything. About about but, but RJ, we, we have a small little problem here. There's we're running out of games. Well, that's true too. So we got to tease the Super Bowl now. Now, would you ever? And listen, I'm no teaser expert, so this might be a dumb question. Would you ever bet both sides of the same game? Never. And this is a really important point because what happens, think about it. If given that the first half of the teaser, we'll call it team A, covers their teaser, what's the probability that team B covers? It goes way down. And so against the, the point spread. So obviously all the alternatives. We're talking ones, about if you bet both sides. A, A's playing B, right. So by definition, it's not intuitively uh, obvious, but team B. So it's B's, almost like the if-then kind of correlated parlays that I like to play on. You're saying if one team covers and you uh, the teaser, you don't want the other team because the odds are of all those covers, some of them are going to be close and some are going to be huge. Right. So the extreme example, team A and team B, we'll just make it pick them. So you tease them, you play a teaser plus six and plus six. And now you're telling me, oh, team A covered their teaser. Well, now I know team B either uh, went ahead and lost the game or they only won by one to five, much less likely they're going to cover plus six. Now, another question, I heard this uh, discussed a couple times recently. Do you ever tease NFFs uh, or, again, Maddie's been on the other side of the counter, so teasers, would you say sharps take real cracks at teasers as much as anything? 
only in the NFL. Yes, yes. Where yes. the scores are much more predictable, where the totals are much more predictable. And, you know, the average total in the NFL is like 45 and a half points, but the average total in college is like 57 points. So the fact that there's supposed to be more points scored gives bigger variances in, in differentials, and thus they tend to play less teasers in collegiate than they do professional. Well, yeah, Jimmy Vaccaro is famous for saying, I'll book uh, college teasers out of my pocket. Yeah. But in the NFL, I think a lot of sharps take shots at the teasers. Do you think there's any positive EV total teasers? My thought would be if you're going through 41 and 44, maybe. What do you think, Fez? Almost never. The exception to the rule is sometimes you get a lazy book that might deal a line where they, it's 42 and a half on a total and they and money's coming down the over and the auto move just moves the VIG. So it's like over 42 and a half, lay a dollar 40, for instance. Boom. We can tease that down and play over 36 and a half. Because they, the teasers don't account for what the lay price is. Correct. Boy, you, you're just a nightmare for the sports books, aren't you? Almost I've, I've, all <laughs> the sharp total teasers are on low totals to go over. You rarely see sharp teasers. So you did, you have saw pros though bet like over like like a thirty seven or mm-hmm. let's think about that. So how what, what what were the common numbers they would go through? Like a forty one and a half to tease it down and go over. That's a common one. Forty-four and a half. Uh, Fifty is actually a fairly common one. Because the key tease, and again, things have moved now that scoring's gone up. But it used yeah, to be thirty-seven, right? Forty-one, forty-four. Yeah, and I know a crew that like kicked butt in preseason NFL because they were teasing thirty-sevens down to thirty and a half and going over. And then they do weather when teasers was this? under. This was recently. In the preseason. Yes. In the last couple of years. And just mathematically, the the low totals tease down to go over implies that the, each point is worth more because it, it's a low right. total. Yeah. Ah. See, I learned something. Hey, listen, we could wait, but I don't think it's going to get much better. <laughs> last question about teasers. Playoffs, I hear, and I hate, bookmakers are bad in my opinion, generally, but I hate a whiny bookmaker. All this about, oh, we shouldn't even, because I saw, speaking of Pinnacle, I don't think they even let you tease last week, Fez. You hear about that? That's what I heard. So, what? The shot? <laughs> <laughs> the mighty sharp pinnacle didn't let you tease? So how much more edge do teasers have in the playoffs? NFL. I don't think any bigger an edge. No, well, you're and, in the minority there. Well, I think the odds makers, the reason they limit so many players, RJ, is because there's so much more action on select a few select teams that they just can't handle the exposure. Because there's like last week, the only professional teaser would have been both favorites. So you're saying they just don't want to be Saints and inundated. And yeah. going into last week, the problem was. The public was all on that 14 and one ATS underdog streak and the overwhelming, I mean, let's face it. Favorites went four and zero last week, three and one against the spread and every single book reported great numbers. The underdogs were so public. I think some of these books got scared. I mean, I, 
I could, uh, some of the bookmakers I talked to, I could tell you they were nervous. And what they were talking about Friday night was, oh man, do we have unbelievable liability if the four underdogs win on the money lines and money line parlays. And I, I can understand because all the teasers were coming dog, 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 dog on every single game last week. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play a 20 second sound bite of a song. Each of you look at your notes and pick one factor in this game we haven't discussed yet. We'll be back in a second. As Fez knows very well, the boulevard is not that bad. What do you got? You know, I'm really worried about Drew Brees. We talked about it before, but I think that this is the key yeah, I think concept. that scar on his face is going to decrease his chances with the ladies. Well, he's no Jimmy G. But <laughs> the the fact that he just turned 40, and what do we know about quarterbacks not named Brady? You know what was funny on the Straight Out of Vegas show on Fox Sports Radio 200 stations? Fez goes, <laughs> we're talking about uh, the Saints here. And by the way, I want to extend out a happy birthday to Drew Brees. <laughs> he uh, just turned 40 a few days ago. What the F was that? Well, I th- <laughs> Brad, why are you hiding your laugh, laugh baby? <laughs> was, no. You were there. Yeah. Did I do that fair? You did. It was like he was Casey Kasem or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're going to give a shout out to uh, long Suzanne distance dedication. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I've been talking about the 39 year old Drew Brees all year long, and oh. suddenly, suddenly he's 40, and that's the cliff of ages for quarterbacks. But how, what did it? How was it connected to you wishing him a happy birthday? That wasn't my best work. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are you worried about? Because it seems like we've discussed his noodle arm. Yes. And I really think it is a noodle arm and I'm very worried. So you got nothing new. I got nothing new. Brad. Well, Maddie just brought up the underdog trend that was getting some play. What, what about the trend home teams in the championship game? Last five years, a perfect 10 and 0 straight up 8 and 2 against a number. Now, I'll trump you beyond that. No Super Bowl team in the last five years, so 10 Super Bowl teams, has played a single road game in the playoffs. Mm. So you're right. If the home team wins the conference game, chances are they had home before, but sometimes not. Not a a single playoff road game for five Super Bowls for any of the participants. Where have you gone, Joe Flacco? He was the last one, and that was a heck of a run. So, Brad... A lot of skeptics would say, what does five years mean? What does five games mean? Do you think it, do you see something about the league that makes it more the case? I'm not, but here's what I'm not seeing here. I think we can all agree the Saints in a big game should be getting more than three points of home field advantage. I don't have the Rams better than the Saints in my power ratings right now. So the Lions, I don't think go, anyone does. I know. So in the Saints home field, especially when they're winning. Five. Plus, let's be honest, when you have super elite teams, they tend to be better road teams. Right? Is I mean, what's the I mean, the Rams record on the road isn't that bad. That's nah, not like New England. You're right. I mean, I think it's a rare exception with New England this year. All right, Maddie, last point. You close it. You know, one of the things we talked about in that, you know, um 
Todd, uh, that Todd Gurley situation is if Gurley was going to get less carries, you also have to play him under. The interesting thing in this situation is will the Todd Gurley score a touchdown prop at that same property was minus 155 on the yes. And what's interesting is the touchdowns he scored last week against Dallas. Is that a yes, no? You can go no? Yes, minus one. Yes, no, plus 125. Yes, minus 155. That splits a little, you know, a little price than you might think. But. You know, I think you have to play the no there if you also like the under on Gurley, knowing that last week Anderson got almost all the carries in the red zone and Gurley's touchdowns came from distance when he, you know, had long runs. All right, guy, I tell you, this is pro-level stuff from the pros. One and only commercial break on to game two. Our old buddies at True Car, 60 seconds, that's all it takes Exactly for this commercial to last, except again, if I start telling stories, but I won't, you know what else you can do in about a minute. You can get an offer on your car with true car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups or listen to my voice here. You can get a true cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or home. Just go to true car. Simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate true cash offer from a local true car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions and get the answers you need. So there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. Okay, you know how there's honors in golf? Well, two super contests gets the honors here. Fez, number one factor, Patriots, Chiefs. I think number one factor is you've got to be concerned about how the Patriots are playing on the road. You take a look this year. They're an average team on the road, not an average playoff team, just an average team, three and five straight up, three and five against the spread. And they've been outscored on average by two and a half points in their eight games. Think about that. That's about what an average mediocre NFL team would do. And what's really troubling about this is that the Patriots only played one playoff team all year long on the road. Now they did play the Steelers. So we'll count them as a beyond playoff, playoff team. team. Okay. Yes. Beyond the, so before the playoffs started, they really only played two quality teams and yet they're still getting massively outplayed. That's fascinating. And I mean, if you look at one of the most amazing streaks, not streaks, but trends was entering this season when the Patriots were significant road favorites it was like they were, and I'm just going by memory, like 60 and two straight up. And they lost three games this season as significant road favorites. And you would think once they lost the first one, Belichick's the type, you make a mistake. That's the mistake you least likely see after because he's so, it's like if they fumble, they don't fumble the next week. That third time they get beat on the road. As a, and I think it was the Tennessee game was the third one. Yeah, I, crushed 34 to 10. I mean, and then you look at that Detroit game. There's just no rhyme or reason to that. Crushed by 16 points. Very unpatriot-like. And they won 16 straight home games. So I would make the case 
back in the day, the Patriots had only like a two, two and a half point home field because they, because they were so good on the road. It's all about relative difference, home road. I mean, right this season, Patriots, the biggest difference, right? Yes. And, you know, Brad made a great point. I don't want to steal his thunder that the three games that the Patriots covered were all aberrations, right, Brad? Yeah, I mean, the Chicago game, you know that one, Fez. A lot of couple special teams touchdowns. The Monday night Buffalo game, I know that because I had a bet with Maddie right pick here six. on the podcast, pick six. And then the Jets games, you guys had the Pats in the contest. And at the end of the game, the Jets are inside the five-yard line. Against looking. my better discretion. Yep. I got to be on. We still won that. We got to be on it. Listen to this guy. We haven't mentioned his best bet record. Like you think he just piped down. <laughs> Brad, that's one of the sharpest things. So think about this. This blows my freaking mind. The Pats could have been winless or, or ATS. We're talking here. Though. No, we're talking. Well, I'm yeah. ATS, ATS. could have been zero and eight. Yes. Yeah, because obviously they were going to win that Buffalo. Yeah, and the yeah. Jets game. They were yeah. Win. Yeah, but literally they were favorites to lose. I mean, if you look at the Chicago box score, you would have said you would have bet Chicago, right? Uh, absolutely. Two special teams, defensive touchdowns, and they win by seven. The Patriots do. If you look at that Buffalo, if, it, it, what was it? Three minutes left in the game when there was that pick six or so? Yeah. Buffalo gets into the red zone twice in the final six minutes. So you would have had the bills like crazy. Yeah. And the Jets game, we were lucky. Yes. They had what? Uh, two downs from the two, right? Yep. Yeah. The down seven. The Jets, I believe the Jets yeah. were down seven. Down they, 14. They were down 14. It, yeah. it would have been right, seven. Right, right, right. So literally, we the, the, the Patriots were underdogs in every one, against the spread in every one of their road games at a key point of the game. Yep. And even with expectation, as far as the line this year, the Pats failed to meet expectation on road games by a combined 74 points this year. Nine points per game falling short of expectation. Brad's stepping up, dude. Have to. Good stuff. You know, you know what I think is really critical in this game and what the Patriots are really good at and it starts to really bring their December numbers into light and their success that they've had is, you know, this time of year it's cold and this game's going to be cold. We're talking right now projected temperature 16 degrees at kickoff. Is that what you're seeing now? Because it's 15 here. I saw uh, 20 a little earlier in the day at 4 p.m. Oh, it's supposed to be 20 down to 16 degrees by kickoff with a wind cross the field at about 12 to 15 miles an hour. That's going to be really frigid. And what do the Patriots do? Well, we saw it last week when they get the football dink and dunk and get Sony Michelle going and get Brady, lots of easy completions to James white. And they move the football down the field. It's hard to throw the football down the field when it's this cold. And I think that may be a key to the game that no one's talking about. Pregame.com research, Mackie and Sleepy on this one. We have a ton of stuff on the weather. I mean, the first thing we did, and Maddie, I know you're in executive meetings, private jets and such. You might not have seen it on Twitter. There's somehow Tycoon over here had time to argue with me on Twitter about something. <laughs> I mean, I was very nice. I don't even read your Twitter some days, RJ. What? I don't even read your Twitter. That doesn't even days. seem possible. Well, I guess I, I guess when you have your holes in your logic, we now know why. There you go. <laughs> RJ and I were having a cordial discussion. Some of his followers decided <laughs> to try to turn. I could have sicked them on. You didn't want that. <laughs> By the way, 
His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. I don't know, Maddie. You were a little less incorrigible. If I didn't know you, I would have came out swinging. Really? But I like you. I Did mean, it seem that way? Yeah, it seemed like when you come in, I hated when you came in and said, uh, well, perhaps you should ask a few. I'll do his voice here. Uh, perhaps you should ask a few bookmakers that actually have taken bets before about the betting patterns. Well, I think that that there's a difference that, in the number of bets depending on who's in the Super Bowl. But what I'm saying is your implication was that only bookmakers have any idea what's going on. No, but at least they get, uh, I'm the, you're yeah, not a bookmaker. what I was trying to say, the implication was they could give you actual factual data. What happened when Baltimore was there? What happened when Seattle was there? What, ha- you know, and then you could go, oh, well, this famous quarterback or this and see the fluctuation of numbers. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at the game center, like when you were at CG, and you guys were taking, this is even last year, you know, when you were there and even the year before, you guys were taking a lot of bets is on a typical NFL game. Brad, you look really close at the handle uh, on our typical NFL games, uh, like 1.2, 1.3 million yeah, that, in the game. That's right. Yep. And like uh, some of the playoff games last week, over 2 million. Yep. And I think we had a couple weeks in a row, we were che- checking your handle against our game center sources and it was about the same. So we got the game center like to the decimal point on games every every freaking game. So I think you're right. If 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 non bookmakers didn't have any information, you'd be right. But I, I think that we do these days. But that said, when it comes to what way a line's going to move or the more complex elements of bookmaking, I defer. When it comes to the general interest and how much fans are going to want to bet the game, and we'll have this debate at the end. But now that we're talking about bookmakers, let me just say this. Cockroaches. Cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> Not all of them, just some of them. That's all. Faz, what do you think? I just know that I keep reading about all these people betting $50,000 here in Vegas. Why is it when I go in and try to bet, I'm betting like 100 to $300, and that's my limit on a whole bunch of things. Did you see all the bets just released on media on Twitter by the, you know, the, the usual suspects that everyone sends their bets to, 31 bets of $100,000 or more in the college football national championship game here in Nevada? That's a big number. Boy, is that as big as the Super Bowl last year? I mean, what was the Super Bowl number? I don't know. I never track individual bets of six figures or more. But because now everyone's sending them to these you know, reporters who use Twitter as their main vessel, I happened to track them this year and send them to some of my clients. Hey, this is how many we saw. And it was 31 that we tracked. $100,000 or bigger placed in the state of Nevada. So, Fez, be clear about the 100 to 300. And you crying. Yeah, he doesn't mean thousand, by the way. He means dollars. You crying is attractive. So just sp- explain what you mean. Yeah. So if I bet on a college basketball total and I want to bet over or under on my app and I ask for $2,000, back will come a message, $300 what, what, limit. You, you ask but you should two- disclose the fact that the week before you showed up in a sombrero and sundress and tried to scam <laughs> I was not wearing a sundress. <laughs> Is it true that <laughs> I don't know if you told him the pod that that one time during rodeo week you you put on cowboy boots? Yeah, there was the Reno going in Reno. The rodeo was going on, and I was playing a whole bunch of parlay cards up at the Calneva, and I just went ahead and I wanted to fit in with the locals. Wore the cowboy boots, cowboy hat, walked around. A lot of action that week. A lot of action. 
Is this like drugstore or wait, Urban Cowboy? What was that movie with John Voight in it? When he's got the, cha- the chaps, the midnight cowboy. <laughs> I had trouble putting those boots on. I don't know how. I mean, I know he it. used to drive our risk managers crazy because once he'd hit one well, or he'd two, he'd drive you crazy when you came here to enjoy a podcast yep. and he's always getting you in the corner <laughs> with his arm around you. Maddie, I tried to hit all eight properties separately. <laughs> After six of them, they were shutting me down. And I'd call, and I, you know what happened is sometimes I would actually call back and say, hey, I talked to Steve, ran into him. He said he was trying to get a couple of parlays in. They'd say he went to four different spots, dressed up, <laughs> hit every teller at every spot. And then I'm like, sorry, I called you. And you I know, there's nothing worse. Like, I respect a, a dirty player if he admits it against, like, the man, the the, the bad bookies. But you are indignant. You act like all Opie and shit. And then it's like, it's like you are, all you do is smirk when he says this stuff. Like, yep, that's right. <laughs> and he said, and of course that when I would call back, it'd always be, he only plays the ones with the stale numbers and the bad ones. Uh-huh. He hits every teller. And I'm like, oh, well, I've never understood the stale number. If you don't want to bet at that number, just move the freaking number. I agree. <laughs> I mean, that's not that complicated. The problem with parlay cards is you run into these issues where, do you take the parlay cards down because you have one stale number and have them reprinted, which is a nightmare? Or do you leave them up and, and just shut, pull that number shut off down the card? Put a little well, that's note. even worse, though. Hey, uh, Mac, I need you're on recording here. I need verbal confirmation that we're going to pull out tonight the clip where he said, yep, I had cowboy boots on walking around. A lot of action that night. <laughs> I want that, verbal confirmation. I want that exact. It. Cowboy boots. We got it? Yep. All right. That's going to go right next to. I love Jimmy G. <laughs> Fez, you are. I tell you this. You missed it, Maddie, on Straight Out of Vegas on Tuesday. Fez was talking at length about Mahomes and the size of his hands. It was just interesting to see a man on national radio talking about, you must be so secure in your masculinity. I hear a lot of talk about quarterbacks hands, actually. Maybe I I listen to (laughs) that. That's combine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. And the theory is for the weather guys is they can't hold the ball as well. Yeah. The ball's more slippery. It's cold. The ball's harder and you need to have bigger hands to throw it. Fez, let's give him credit back to the game. Uh, An amazing stat. And I hadn't heard this anywhere else. Mahomes has played 18 games in his career. His four worst QBRs, the four coldest games he's played. And none of them, what was the coldest game? Coldest game, 17 degrees, end of 2017 at Denver. And then the next one? Next coldest, two games with 27 degrees. So 27 degrees isn't that cold. What was the temperature last week? It was less than... It was 27. Oh, that was one of them. Okay. And that's one of them too? Yes. Wow. Interesting. So wait a minute. You're saying all this talk about Mahomes trumped the idea of an inexperienced quarterback doing well, and that was his fourth worst performance in 18 games last week? Yes. Wow, I'd take that as my fourth worst performance. Yeah, yeah well, and, and let's, what let's, was it? What was the QBR in that game? Sixty three. So let's wow, let's, it's let's fourth worst is sixty three. Here's a guy who's had eighteen games, and his worst QBR fifty is average has been sixty two. So he has been consistently. So in those great. four games, it's sixty two, sixty two, sixty two, sixty three. 62, 62, 63, and he played one game in thirty nine degrees that he was sixty six and a half, and that's the fourth worst. Yes. Okay. What was last week? Last week was 63. 
So it was his third worst last week, not his fourth worst. Yes. Okay. Wow. So he's never had a below average game. Never had a below average game. Average rating. You might want to talk into the mic. 81.6. All right. So, but I don't think it matters. Meaning I think it matters. And I don't think there's, oh, he never has a below average game. It's all about what is the expectation of Mahomes, which is the greatness of these 18 games or certainly this year, 17. And if he's going to be at the bottom of his reasonable spectrum, that's meaningful. Right? Yeah, he's been a solid quarterback when the temperature's below 40 degrees, and he's been an MVP when the temperature is above 40 degrees. This is R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Oh, what a show. Just on taping. Full house. Wise guy round table. Fez, the Vig, and Brad Powers. A lot of really deep level stuff, like two or three trends, meaningful stats you have not heard anywhere else. Also, about 15 minutes about teasers, how to bat them in the NFL playoffs, especially. And listen, it's NFL championship week. And if you've got that football knowledge, you can take it to the bank. So they like to say, bet DSI, 20 years online, reputation, great service, fast payment on your winnings. They got a deposit bonus. So right when you put a little bit of money in or a lot of money in, up to 2500 you get that bonus right away. It's almost like a free guaranteed winner. I guess if it's a guaranteed winner, it doesn't need to be free, but it's kind of like that. And to get all that, you've got to use the promo code. And it also helps us. And listen, don't do it for us. Do it for yourself. But realize it does help us, too, so you can feel good about that. That code, BELL101. So it's B-E-L-L-101, no space, BELL101. Go to BetDSI.com. Use that promo code, BELL101. And you get everything special that comes with that code and everything good about bet dsi to start with now back to rj bell's dream preview yeah all right let's talk weather we're taping wednesday pregame.com studios uh on tuesday the talk was five degrees earlier today talk was 25 degrees 24 maddie's saying we're moving towards below 20 Here's what I put out on Twitter, and I've got all the data out, and we mentioned pregame.com's research. We've got a lot of interesting stuff I'll be putting out on Twitter about rain, wind, all the different factors in these cold games. But here's what we know. There was a theory that made the rounds that the cold weather games actually led to more overs. And there's a little bit of truth to that, but you got to be very specific with it. So if you look at games between 20 degrees and 32, so freezing uh, down to 20, the overs are slightly over. And I think uh, in this is since 2000, and I'll give you the number of games here. So since 2000, we have 117 overs, 109 unders, three pushes, 51.8% over. Rationale is simple. Oh, people here, it's freezing. They overreact. The market moves. 
but it really doesn't affect things as much as the market move. Doesn't mean it doesn't decrease scoring. It means it doesn't decrease scoring as much as expected. Now, this is an eye popper. Temperature from 10 to 19 degrees. So that's cold. The teens, as they call it. Over 60% of the time, small sample, 28 overs, 19 unders. Not that small. One push. So now it's the teens. Everyone's talking about it. It's an overreaction. But if you look at below 10 degrees, single digits, two overs, nine under. Small sample, but boy, two and nine when the other one's 60%. I think it's like snow. A little snow, even medium snow, people overreact to. A ton of snow, it's hard to score. Kind of cold, medium cold, people overreact. When it's cold, 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 it's hard to score. Fez, do you agree with that? Agree. And I think a lot of it is just whenever you have a historically cold situation where players literally play in it maybe once or twice in their entire careers, they're just not used to it and it throws you off. So, Maddie, you've got that experience, billions, literally billions of dollars booked by your former CEG technology company when you were there. You were in the middle of all of it. How much did the biggest batters bet the weather? Uh, they would only bet it at the best numbers. So right away, say a game's, uh, you know, use last week's game as an example. That thing was 56 and a half everywhere. All of a sudden, everyone see those at the stadium weather reports of the snow blowing sideways. Boom, 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 boom. The sharpest of those guys laid under 56 or under 54 and a half. We saw that total drop as low as 53. The sharps weren't betting under 54 or even under 54 and a half. They were 55 and a half or better on the unders. Now, and the reason they do that sometimes is that one drop from 56 and a half to 53 is that some of those moves are even bigger. And when you get it at the very beginning, when you could see that snow blowing sideways and you go under 56 and a half, you may have an opportunity to go over 51. So the over under right now, Fez, is 55 and a half. Okay, this is pretty amazing. But it already dropped so much. 57. Original opener, 59, Westgate. Yeah, what? The original opener lasted about 30 minutes. So actually, Pinnacle opened 60 and a half. I know this for a fact. But Blink, pretty much by Sunday night, it was down to 58 everywhere. Okay. This probably is one of the better stats of the week, but everyone's been killing it. No NFL game has ever had a total of 50 or above when the temperature was below 24 degrees. So it looks like, I think we're going to be over 50 no matter what. Temperature under 24, it'd be... Hey, this cold, we've never seen a total this high. So that, that would, that's what they call history. That would, exactly. And I think that would somewhat contradict all this alarming, frankly, data about, hey, all these games are going over that. Well, but those, hey, games it's a fun total. total, but I got to be, it's a fun stat. But let's be honest, just three, four years ago, in my first 20 plus years betting, Totals over 50, you'd go whole years. There was only a couple totals over 50, that's right? right? That's yeah. a great point. Right. So now I think we're going to, it's a fun stat, but, but also though, I do think if it is affecting your ability to throw and catch, then it does feel like we're going back in time a little bit where, I mean, what's the difference between now and six or seven years ago? It's little things, a penalty here. The receivers are a little better. You know, it's not that. So even if it's 5% decrease in dexterity or whatever, could make a big difference. You know, let's just say this. If the total was 37, and, and Feds, let's segue into this. Do we believe the Pats are the better running team? I do. 
It's a tight call for you. I'm, th- I'm thinking about it. Because- so, Maddie, make your case. Well, look at the the Patriots' backfield is as healthy as it's been all year. The best running back in the game is Sony Michelle. The second best running back in the game is James White. The third best running back in the game is Rex Burkhead. I have to start going way down the list of who's the best running backs participating in this game to get to Damian Williams, who had a good week last week, but a lot of those yards came in garbage time with Kansas City way up and them killing clock. I think the better running backs are New England, and thus they're the better running team. So, Fez, you were high on Williams. Yeah, I would I would easily make Williams number two. There's no way that James White is basically uh, a converted wide receiver. Why? why? Because he had one, one good game in a situation where no one expected him to. They never run the ball with James White. They were they they, they run him out of the back. They run Rex Burkhead. To him. Rex Burkhead is like a five-foot Ten inch, like like okay, so thirty Sony pound Michelle's guy. The best running back in the Sony game. Michelle's clearly the best running back. Okay, and who has the better O line at run blocking? Because who cares who has the best yeah, pass blocking yeah. O line to for run this the football? exam? I think New England. They've become a running yeah, team. The last so why is it? So why are you confused on? Like I, I'm not saying why. Like don't be confused. I'm saying explain it. Yeah, no, New England's got the better running game. So the weather helps New England. The weather greatly favors New England. Because Brady's famous for being a good, bad weather quarterback. And a dink yes. and dunk high completion guy. And think about the skill position players. Tyreek Hill, one of the five fastest guys in the NFL. Tyreek Hill is 5'10", 180, RJ. So think about this. Who is this weather, this cold weather going to affect more? The 180-pound guy that has to wear a couple extra layers of insulation? Or the 230-pound Rex Burkhead who's like, ah, no big deal. Boy, Tyreek Hill looked pretty fast last week on that end around 40-yard well, touchdown we'll run. See, we'll see how the cheetah runs. In I, the I'm Arctic just saying he looked good week. last week in the blizzard and the snowstorm and the blowing wind well, the snow, with everyone running behind the snow, him. snow, yeah, largely ended, so yes. So I'm not sure, and listen, guys, I hear all the time, oh, we used to like the pod because you gave a bunch of picks, but now there's two games and you're not getting, listen. We're giving picks when we, in fact, if we give a pick, we might get bat $900 in a blink of an eye. So that doesn't mean we're not giving picks that we like. Cause if you like it, you want the $900, right? I'd rather have no big as a sure. piece of my bat. The point I'm saying is if there's two games, the line has to be wrong in, in one of them to bat the side. Does anyone like this side? Here's a good argument in this game. Who has the better home field advantage this week, Kansas City or New Orleans? Because this may help decide whether you should have a play here. Is it Kansas City the better home field or is it the New Orleans Saints? My thought is that New Orleans has the better home field in a vacuum against, let's say, the same team. If both team, if a team was playing New Orleans one week and Kansas City one week, I take New Orleans. But in I the think, playoffs, in but the I playoff think, environment, exactly. But I think the drop off of the Pats on the road is so big that the net difference favors KC more. I think that's very well said. Okay, yeah, I think so. Brad, but don't we all agree that Kansas City always had a top five home field? Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in on. I, 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 I don't. I don't agree. You don't. I don't. I've got them with just an average home field advantage. Wow. I, everyone I talks, about, everyone talks about Arrowhead being the loudest stadium, but it hasn't translated in the overall. And, and it has results. interesting crosswinds there because the way the stadium set up and which should benefit the team familiar with. That's it. right. So, Brad, you've got some stats on the Kansas City defense home and road. Yeah, one thing that has been much better for KC at home is the defense allowing 17 points per game. That's it at home on the road. Abysmal. 
35 points per game. Though looking at it, RJ. A sample size of eight. Sample size of eight. Strength of schedule also playing a big part. You look at some <laughs> of KC's road games. I mean, they played some legit teams. Where's the bad performance for KC all year? All their losses are, you know, close losses against really good teams. I don't see bad performances like New England. No, there isn't any really. Yeah, I'm in a tough spot. So I, I do ESPN New York with Michael K on Thursday. And then with uh, a guy named Canty, Dave Rothenberg, nice guy. And uh, Canty used to play for the Giants, apparently. Chris Canty. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember him. Apparently, he's 6'7", 350. So we've been jawing back and forth the whole I year. I know he's that big. But... I, that's what they said. Okay, I mean, sure. So I don't know. 6'5 is enough. Even. And uh, we ended up betting 5. I always say, oh, you, you sure? Okay, let's bet 5K. He goes, okay. And I'm like, oh. And we ended up doing it for charity, right? So $5,000 charity. And I was started 0-2, one game a week. He was 2-0. and But then I went like, I ran off like nine straight games. I think I gave you the first two games. No, no, no. We gave me like nine straight. So I was up one. So last week I only had one pick I liked, the Patriots. I mean, I said it right here. And he went first. And pick the Patriots, which I'm like, oh, okay, well, I like the Patriots. They go, oh, no, the rule is you can't have the same oh, pick. come on. I'm like, no one made that rule. They go, well, yeah, we did. And I'm like, I'll bet you 10000 no one made that rule there. <laughs> but then I ended up having to pick. I went to Fez's best bet and, you know, <laughs> the Colts <laughs> and. <laughs> Squareville. Uh, it was, wasn't it? Oh, God. Uh, I mean, so many, so much public action on the. Well, the Colts. Patriots were also my best bet. Well, you let let's just say this on straight out of Vegas, the word two, best kind of implies that there's it, only one. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I gave both out on straight out of Vegas, but your Tuesday early bird, my early bird, <laughs> flew the coop. <laughs> So now we're tied and we're picking this and we're picking next week. Now I did negotiate. I'm sending my freaking pick in before. So there's no debate. I don't care if we're matched up. I think you have to take the chiefs. I think you have to take the chiefs as well. And it's all All this Mahomes talk is worrying me. Brady without Gordon. All right. So that's a good stat. His. So Brady with Gordon. 7.6 7.6 yards per pass play. Brady without Josh Gordon, only 5.6 yards per pass play. Why is this significant? Well, the league average is right between those two numbers, and Brady's numbers when he doesn't have Gordon on the field is comparable. He's right there at the very bottom rating in the NFL. You know, I just thought of something. I did too. I'm trying to get a bit another bet from Fez. But you <laughs> oh, go, go no, you go ahead. This is off such. So, I mean, you know, we just had a kind of a prop bet. And, um, you know, Williams and uh, Sony Michelle have comparable yards numbers in this game because, uh, you know, Williams should get more carries because the, the backup to, to Damian Williams is me. They called me last night because Kansas City doesn't have a backup <laughs> running back. Um, well, he is like Ray get Donovan, more yards. Right? In this game, more rushing yards, just rushing, Damian Williams or Sony Michelle. And if you want Williams, I'll take Sony Michelle. Well, the current number on both these players is 83 and a half and 64 and a half. So if you give me plus, I'll lay 12 and a half. If you want to lay 19, which is what the market says, I'll the lay difference 15 between and these, a half. The market says they're 19 apart. I'll be more than happy to take 19? Williams what market plus is that? 19. I'm I don't, reading I don't the want current the number. number. This is not Fez mania. This is what the marketplace is doing. You can look it up at any sport. I'm looking it up now. I'm hey, John, 
You think this boy is a hustler? <laughs> so I would welcome taking William. The one I have up only has William's touchdown. They didn't have William's yarn. So here, I'm going to make a point. I, I need some advice, Fez. So here's the little edge I have. The lines we use in this $5,000 contest, and mine is the Boys and Girls Club. He actually has the Canty Foundation, right? So I hope it's legit. But <laughs> I can tell you what's legit. He's six seven three twenty. Wow! I and I was bad mouthing him. Like, yeah, it was. He was. Getting, <laughs> they said he was getting real because no one in the studio ever goes at him. Yeah, new new wood, right? Yeah, new strategy, RJ. Let the Wookie win. Better for your health. Yeah. No, I don't do that. <laughs> but I will say that even if I got to hide out, <laughs> I'm on the lamb. I'll be hosting. I'll be hosting this show next. <laughs> Straight out of Vegas. It's like hosted when, by the vague because RJ's in hiding. It's like an undisclosed location we're recording. <laughs> um, but here's our edge. We use the New York Post paper lines, newspaper. They can't be different this week, though, right? Three and three and a half is going to be those two numbers. But here's the key. Pregame.com does the associated press lines, and the Post uses the AP so, lines. Yeah. So... If I'm going New England, I don't want him to go the Saints. He's not very line sensitive. I think it's going to be some subject. We would never put the wrong line out, but I think I err towards three and a half. Because here's the question. Fez, if you were hoping the opponent loses, would you rather him lay three with the Saints or take three and a half with the Rams. Which, if I offered you those two bats, which is the better bat? Oh no way! I'm letting them have the Saints minus three. Yeah, no so way. I'm, so what I'm going to do is, and again, only if it's a tight call, is go three and a half. So he's a type of might just lay the lumber, and that, and if he lays three and a half, I know I got the best of it. If I take the Patriots, oh, I'm sorry, the Chiefs minus three. Yeah, and I and I like the Chiefs minus three. I'm gonna upgrade them to minus three. I, I I'm worried. Obviously, you're gonna upgrade them to like. I am. All right, that'd be so. I'm gonna laugh my butt off if he lays three and a half with the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing we haven't talked about at all with New England is Gronk. Wow, Gronk went from 29 to 39 quick. He has just disappeared, and he does not look close to being healthy. Last four games, two or fewer catches. 25 or fewer yards in the last four games. Think about it. Gronk went for almost 100 when these two teams played earlier in the year. It seems like that defensive play of his ruined. He's never been the same since that defensive failing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So did you give the Josh Gordon numbers? Yes, I did. Okay. What do we got? Anything? You got any bets or just jibber jabber? Well, you know what else is interesting in this game is that mo- a lot of the major sportsbook providers have the have the same prop of will either team miss an extra point in this game, and they have the odds on both at around the same minus four hundred plus three twenty in this game. There's no way the odds of a missed extra point are equal in these two opportunities. Kansas City naturally has a crosswind across the field, has a worse kicker. You know, in, in Rams uh, Saints, you get Fultz and Zerline, two better kickers indoors in a dome compared to, you know, while uh, Patriots have a good kicker, Gaskowski's missed extra points this year, and it's outside with a crosswind. If you're thinking about taking the plus money on one of those, will there be a missed extra point? Certainly make sure you shop around and take it at at least plus 300 on the Chiefs and the Patriots. And in terms of the length of the longest field goal, I could make a case that in New Orleans in the Dome, 
you could set that number at 46 and a half over under longest field goal with Zerline too. Yeah. Here, I think you can make, you, you can make the case at 43 and a half is probably the right number. If you can find an under 45 and out, that's probably a great wager. Are there any teasers that are attractive? I mean, I know they're not the pure advantage, like a seven pointer that gets you from three and a half to 10 and a half. Only if you get a bookmaking license and you can book it, I think. Okay. You know, Tony George, a friend, good. Would you say really good friend of yours, Manny? Blood brother uh, yeah, type? I, say, uh, blood brother? Uh, I, his wife and my wife are friends and we've all gone out to dinner. We're, I mean, we're friends. Tony George made an interesting point. Once. That's what I always think is the next step of a good friend. Do you know that friend's name of his wife? And have you ever been, have you and your wife ever been to dinner with him? Now, if you're Jeff Bezos, it's a whole different thing. Well, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> but I think that means something. Like, no, I agree. enough that I agree. Our, we took our wives out to dinner. So he years ago said he likes to tease a three and a half point favorite on a seven pointer to be a three and a half point dog. And everyone went crazy saying how dumb that was going through zero. But I actually did some math on it because you are getting three twice. It's actually slightly profit. And again, I, I had a sale, you know, I could only have a database to look at. What do you think of that, Fez? Yeah, I like it. And I, I've certainly. You like it. Like, you really? Would, well, where, where I you Will you explain it? it to me again, the teaser? Go ahead, Fez. Yeah. So, so what happens is that I, I personally don't like teasing a minus three and a half to a plus three and a half because you got to. So pay, it's a seven point. Seven points. You got to pay for the seven. Yeah. You teaser. pay the vague for the seven. So here's the way expensive. to only. But here's the way to pay less and make it a six and a half point teaser. Find a book that's dealing like minus three, lay a dollar thirty five because they're just. So we're back. They're not considering the lay price. A, yeah. So and because of that, now we only have to pay for a six and a half point teaser to essentially get a three and a half point favorite. Up to plus but explain to me the value. Let's take out Fez's cowboy costumes and deals of how he's going to find the six minus. <laughs> a lot of action. If it's just three and a half, <laughs> ten to three and a half, ten. Sure. sure. Here's the math. So, okay. so a team favored by close to three is going to win by three right around 10% of the time. Okay. They're going to lose by three, 6% of the time. Boom. You pick up 16%. So think of it as a bell curve and it's further over. So it's not as high. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're going to win by one or two, about two and a half percent of the time. They're going to lose by one or two, about two and a half. Now you're at about 21%. So you you pick up enough of that and you can see that if you already like that team as well, now you're six and a half, you're laying what? You're laying at some books minus 120. That's but the, the idea that you're going to get that, which is rare, and the three minus 30. So what's the more common six and a half? Minus point? 130. And is it still good? <sighs> getting Hard, tight. Getting tight. Hmm. Well, listen, here's what we know for sure. When Fez is in his cowboy boots in Reno. Wow. A lot of action. A lot of action. <laughs> but here's my question well, we were saying three and a half to three and a half on the seven is profitable and on that you know we're gonna have to lay a dollar 47 points and i i think that's been six or seven years and what was the minus seven six or seven years ago fast yeah what well, used to be i think i might have been calculating in like a 125 or something it used to be yeah, minus 110 little... for the six pointer minus 120 for the six and a half and then some places had minus 125 others had minus 130 on the seven yeah so but it's a little more expensive now oh some places yeah. now are charging like minus 150 for the seven point teaser now, is there ever a time with those like 10 pointer? Is there ever a 10 pointer that makes sense? Because that's a three team. Well, you have to use the, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You have to use the third team or on the 13 pointer, you have to use the fourth team. I, I try to stay away from that, from that. Not that I'm aware of. I, I guess if you had like a, a, 
a 12 and a half point favorite and you could bring it down to minus two. Or if half. you could find four super low totals and drop them all. Yeah, that's enough. interesting, yeah. actually. All right, that'd be like splitting eights or whatever, Fez, right? What's that move in blackjack where it's, 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 uh, math, it's, it seems like you're crazy, but it's almost flat EV. So it, it's good camouflage. Doubling like an ace eight against a five. You're, you're, you're giving up 19 and you're risking it on a double down would be a marginal play. And it's splitting eights though, actually is a super sharp play that gives away that you know what you're doing or something. Well, everybody, everybody splits eights. Well, what am I thinking of? The, I'm not a blackjack guy. But I, I, I would say doubling down 10 versus a 10, for instance. That's not something any normal person would do. In a, like and, a, and you do that with a rich deck? Yeah, like plus five or, or better, you double down. And that's, that's, that's one of those things. finding every way to squeeze every freaking dollar out. I'm a and, fan. And guys, <laughs> and guys that never take insurance when they have a natural, but all of a sudden when they have a $300 bet out and they're like, oh, even money, I'll take even money only now because there's all these tens left in the deck. So last question on this topic, Maddie, is what your big background in bookmaking, why won't they let you lay the juice and have a one team teaser? So what would the juice be to be fair, Fez? My, minus 260. Okay. So you would you lay 260 instead of two teamers? Yes, and there are a few bookmakers that offer up um, every one-way teaser type of lines where the alternative lines where they'll go ahead and say, hey, do you want to go ahead and have New England plus three and a half? Yeah, but with those alt lines, they're usually charging you a premium. That's, yeah, that's your problem is I remember a time when there were certain places where you could literally buy as many half points as you wanted, uh, and you, they just made a line on it. And, of course, it got higher and higher, the juice, as you went bought more and more half points. You know, it wasn't a standard 18 cents per half or something or, you know, it's nine cents. 10. Nine well, cents it started that, but it would get high, high. Um, but no one lets you do that anymore. But why but not? Like, especially this spread. weekend, if a book in Vegas simply said, and they made it 300, because most people, the pros wouldn't do it, but most people would think, oh, that sounds cool. I got to lay three and I, why not just say, we'll let you do a six and a half point teaser and lay 300. I presented that at CG one time, doing it on every game, allowing them to buy point, buy half points. And we built a model that said, you know, after the fourth one, you charge this much. And after the ninth one, you charge this one. And the juice kept going up and up and up. And the risk guy said, I don't want that many bets at different numbers. And I said, well, isn't it, don't you have that within play and everything else already in alternative spreads? Don't you have 40 different numbers anyway? The end of the game. And I got completely shot. Down. So when you say so risk, it. it's they're trying to balance their exposure. But when you have those lines that are off, it's hard to figure out how to balance. Yeah. So go ahead, Fess. And if you put up alternative lines, like on all these different numbers, and this happens in some sports books, they got stung last week on the Kansas City Indianapolis game because the total was much higher, like 57. And then they went ahead and said, oh, we'll make the alternative total 53 and 63. What? And so all of a sudden, people were nailing the unders on all these alternative totals that didn't get adjusted while the real total was dropping three points. And it could be these bookmakers. Cockroaches. Cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be that. All right. Last thing, Maddie's got to run, so we'll make this quick a lot of talk and i you know i didn't follow this so closely it was the something something national championship what was it called national championship of sports betting yeah and, 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 and johnny avello who used to be at the win here a long time always was very nice one of the top two or three bookmakers nice wise brad he used to put up the vegas openers in college football yep. you were down there all the time uh horse racing guy loved horse racing back with um what was that dude's name? Who was that dude? He used to be a bookmaker. Then he became a pick seller and he died recently. 
Larry, what was his name? Big. He had white hair. He was a heavy. Larry Ness? No, 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 no. Uh, I know Larry Ness, but uh, Lenny Del Genio. I wasn't thinking of Larry. Lenny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice guy Lenny was and uh he actually took me but like back when I was starting out I mean 10 years ago here and I wasn't really known and met and sat with Avello for like a half hour in his office nice guy I was um, just on a panel with Johnny yeah yeah, yeah nice it's, uh, the, that was at CES Sports betting summit yeah at CES all right so Fez give us what happened in your opinion, because there's some controversy. And then, Maddie, you got a few thoughts on it. Yeah. So they had a contest where you had a mythical, not a mythical, but actually real money. But that was, yeah, bank, that was your bankroll. Everyone started with $5,000. So you put up ten k to enter the contest, right? Right. And they give you 5000 went in your account and you were keeping the winnings. That's right. And the rest was all into a prize pool. Prize pool. And they added to the prize pool because they had a guarantee. So a huge prize pool. First prize is a million dollar bonus. You so it was a hundred percent overlay. They needed 500 to match the what they were going to put up. They only got 250. Right. So you, a huge part of participating was winning first, second or third. So it, you wanted to be super aggressive and get as many dollars as you could into your account. Now, there was a rule. On Sunday, you could only bet on the NFL games. There's two NFL games. So before that, Friday and Saturday, you could do anything on their batting board. Anything you wanted. You could play parlays. You could play props. So people tried to accumulate as much money as possible. So the strategy was, like a poker tournament, there was uh, extreme benefit in getting first, second, or third. Thus, it was a high-variance play made sense. Exactly right. So you go into Sunday morning, and you're like, oh. So parlays and such. Yeah, I believe the winner, his key winning bet was a uh, four-team round robin that went four and four. So you go into Sunday morning, like, well, what's the optimal strategy? Well, it's pretty obvious. I'm just going to go ahead and play a two-team parlay, right? Go ahead and play the first football game, parlay to the second football game. But I don't want to do that because that would give away to my opponents because your bets show up. Because they were putting the bets up. I think it was something a half hour before the game. or there It it wasn't the instant you made them, but the bets came up public at a certain point. Right. So think about if I'm one of the chip leaders at the top and I went and go all in on a parlay, it's like almost like Final Jeopardy where I show everyone what I'm wagering on the final question and they can say, oh, he's going to wind up with $103,000. So I need to go ahead and make my bet such that I get a little bit more. So it made sense. Don't disclose what you're betting on the second game. Just bet the first game. That's what most people did. Boom. So the first game runs. And let's be honest, if you were a leader coming into Sunday, you wouldn't want to necessarily have such high variance on a two-teamer. You'd want to bet your first game and decide what to do. If you lose that one, maybe do a side total on the second bet. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe play try to find like an alternative line. You parlay with the total. You might need a, a really big payout to, to win it all. So, boom, the first game's running late. It's taken forever, Chargers in New England, and it just wraps up. That was the problem. Wraps the up less than five minutes before the second game starts. So the theory is you can't pay out until the game's over and you can't bet till you get that money if you're a player back in your account. Correct. So at this point, DraftKings has two options. One is they go ahead and say, you know, it's just too close of a quarter. We can't get everything graded in time. We're not going to grade any of the contestants' wagers. This is the bad of the two options, but it's fair. It's equitable. The second option... Now, let's be clear. All these guys weren't in the same room. They were on their apps and stuff, Correct. but just in the state of Jersey. Right. So some guys are in the apps. Some guys are actually at a DraftKings facility. And so apparently what happened is that some of the contestants, for whatever reason, were able to get their morning games graded. And so the money was put into their account so they could wager on the later game. 
other contestants were not able to make any wagers. And right when the second game was kicking off, they had zero cents available because their wagers had not been graded from the first game. (laughs) Okay, so the debate is some of them got the money to fire again, some didn't. And then there were numerous people that, in theory, if they had gotten their money and hit a two-teamers, I mean, my guess is there were probably you know, upwards of 10 people that if they got their money and hit a two-teamer, they could have won it, right? Like you said, an alternative line or something. And one of them was a guy used to write for ESPN, Rufus Peabody, and he ended up getting third, but because he had, uh, he doesn't write for anyone now that I know of, but he all, you know, he has a Twitter account or whatever. And because he had some profile, that became the discussion. This former ESPN guy, could have won this thing, but he was shut out. So, Maddie, what, what's your take? Look, first, kudos to Johnny and the guys for trying to do something. I always applaud people for trying to do innovative new things because if they didn't, boy, this would be a boring industry if we had two games this weekend and all you could bet was the spread and the money line. So I applaud people for trying to do new things. The, the first things I Now, here comes the pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I didn't love about the structure is, hey, everything's open. Bet whatever you want. Friday and Saturday, the vast majority of the league leaders, including Rufus, had gotten to where they were betting college basketball games or the guy who won it, a four-team hockey round-robin parlay. But now all of a sudden on Sunday, after making this a national championship handicapping contest where everybody everybody's betting everything but NFL, the last two games are only NFL, and they set themselves up for a rough situation by making it NFL only on Sunday, there were tons of late college basketball games, UCLA, Oregon State. But, but my thought is the reason they wanted to do that, they wanted it very clear where everyone's logging into the account, seeing who the final bets were and saying, if this team wins, he wins. And if this team wins, the other person wins. I think they wanted to simplify it on the last day. Sure. And maybe what I thought they should have done was just open that second game up for live wagering. And at least allow people to make some wager. But now the problem is, is that now you've got a target and the live wager limits are lower and there could be controversy associated with that. Plus the guy that would have had the win without a consume. To me, what's so dangerous, you almost got to make them sign coming in. Like part of the signature is no matter is there's a real, there's a real material chance we're going to F up because there's so many variables here and you can't sue us. You got to deal with it. All decisions final understanding. These are professionals, right? So Maddie, you've done things in the past, raising money. You can't take money just from anyone. That's right. It's called an accredited investor. Yep. The theory is he's got, what is it? A million dollars or more liquid is what they say, I think. Or And they pass some suitability standards, especially for a guy like me in the gaming industry where there's certain licensure requirements in some states. There's suitability standards. But, but the yeah. theory is if you can invest in a private company, you're savvy, you're not going to get took. If you're in some $10,000 contest, the theory is you're savvy, you got to understand what they're saying and accept the fact there is no, because to me, Maddie's decision would have probably led to a, a lawsuit. Because if I had the lead and you're letting someone behind me make bets he's not supposed to make, right? I'm mad. Yeah. And, and it's always easy after the fact, but I really yes. think the cleanest way to do this, given this overlap, hey, the first game could go into overtime. And then of course, no one could wager on the second game. Just let people know, hey, at 10.05 a.m., right at the kickoff of the first game, 
wagering is closed. And but they wanted it to be where everyone's logging in. There was some account that was our bell, but had nothing to do with me. I had like, you know, a handful of people on Twitter go, oh, RJ, you in this thing. So people were watching the leaderboard. Right. So yeah. let me ask you this last thing on Did you have anything else, Matty? No. Not that it wasn't that much pain. No, no. And I, I was actually uh, bummed out that it ended so poorly because yeah. I want innovative things to work. So let me throw an idea at you. Last thing. Imagine a $100,000 contest or maybe even 200000 a real number, and it's season long. And half of it goes into the prize pool. Half of it is your bankroll and literally you win or lose it matters and do that for the entire football season. And you can bet anything on the board. So anything they got between NFL kickoff and the last play of the Super Bowl is bettable. Now, wouldn't that now you'd get what? The problem is in these other states that New Jersey wanted DraftKings wanted to do this in New Jersey. New Jersey doesn't have proxy rules like the Westgate has for the super contest. You had it's on the app. What's the difference? You had to be in New Jersey for this contest. Nevada is the only state that has this proxy thing for their super contest. And there's a lot of people that don't believe that that's legal. But outside of the legal argument around being a proxy for the super contest, the rules for every other contest, including this DraftKings, were. DraftKings contest where you had to be in the state of New Jersey. You have a $100,000 contest that's season long that requires me to be in one state. I better live in that state because I'm certainly not going to be in New Jersey every single week to put my picks in. One problem with the season long contest also is that the grinder who is like up at 6 a.m. and this is his full-time job to be in the contest. Well, first off, if anyone's putting up 200K, they're <laughs> a full-time better. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Or or if they have so much money, they don't care. Fair enough. What's the difference, right? Yeah. But but w- Nevada's going to get more. If they would have held this contest in Nevada, it would have had more participants. We would have been To be in. honest, the marketing was late to the game. Yeah. The con- but would you agree if they had it in Nevada, there would have been more participants? No, I, I agree. I what? think that if New, I think that had <laughs> they have, you're using the super contest as an example. No, no, I'm just saying that most professional batters that live, there's more professional batters on sports in, in Nevada than Jersey. I think if they right? done a be, better than a nine day marketing buildup with the size of the separate pop, issue with the size of the population. Well, we have to assume that when Vegas did it, so we're saying if Vegas did an eight-day marketing campaign and nobody knew about it, I think it would have had three hundred instead of you know three twenty-five instead of two fifty. My wife and I would would have both entered. I would have gotten her in because the overlay with two hundred and fifty entries was so tremendous that she would become a professional sports better for the weekend. But but you know what would be fascinating? How many people do you think if they marketed it for six months, it was a big deal? 200k how many do we get 10 in that yeah because no vid yeah, I, yeah. no no hold percentage you're paying out every freaking dollar that thing are you putting any money in no i think it's it's the theory is if you get 10 there's going to be a million dollar prize pool and and, and a million dollars and in keep play. your bankroll and keep your bankroll because that book what does the book have to lose 
other than they had to accept sharp action from those. The theory is you're going to get a lot. If you like back in the day when Cantor was pretty much accepting anyone without content, you know how much attack I'd be following that every day to see what the best batters in the world, how they're like when we get fast telling us, Oh, first half this, blah, blah, blah. That is so insightful. We'd be watching their play. That would be fascinating. Yeah. And some, and some of the guys did very well in this contest. I know one guy got word that Anthony Davis was out. So we bet at the Washington Wizards, um, in that game, I believe I, I might have gotten the, the injury wrong, but one of the key stars was straight betters had no shot. They, they didn't cash in that thing. It was all parlay betters first. You might have, uh, Phil Ivy. You might have a couple of poker players sure. jump in that thing too. Oh, absolutely. When we're the hundred thousand dollars or the two hundred thousand yeah, dollar yeah. one. That'd be interesting. I think we're going to see more and more contests coming. All right, boys. Last thing uh, or recapping. Uh, no real strong picks on the side, but if we had to bet something, we're saying Kansas City. Your prop bet, best bet. C.J. Anderson over 42 rush yards or less. Next week, early look at the Super Bowl. The next week after that, I'll be at the Super Bowl on site during a pod. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for R.J.? You can contact him directly on Twitter at R.J. in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week. 